everyday witches emerge from the shadows of secrecy. Broom closets are flinging open and witches are taking flight. Whether you are hiding in your cozy closet or flying with pride, stay for a spell as witch casting with Theodora Pendragon and her guests share magical moments, stir the cauldron and debunk misinformation and misconceptions about paganism, witches and our wonderful world of magic. Here we are for another episode of Witch Casting with Theodore Pendragon. I have a special guest and her name is Veronica Rotman and she is a somatic practitioner. Welcome, Veronica. Hello, Theodora. So lovely to be here. And for those who don't know, a somatic practitioner is someone who helps people heal trauma through the body. My background in somatic spans back 15 years, and I'm really excited to be here. I saw your podcast amongst a lot of different podcasts, and it stood out because it really speaks to a part of me that. I don't always feel I get to uh, show (laughs) to others. So thank you for this opportunity. It's really wonderful to be here. You're welcome. I'd like to know what part of yourself that you can't always show. What does that mean? I grew up in a family that was very pragmatic and practical and At the same time, I had a mother, my mom, who is very spiritual. And, you know, there was always this uh, reverence for the mystical and for uh, dreams and for like, she always had a copy of women who run with the wolves on her bedside table, right? Uh, So I grew up with this whole other part of me and a natural access to the spiritual world. I'm a medium. Um, I often use my psychic energy in sessions. You know, as a clairvoyant, I often will see things and also hear things during sessions when I'm helping people heal their trauma. Yeah, I don't always get a chance to explore this side of me and speak to it because in the in the realm of being from this family that's very pragmatic and practical and likes to overanalyze, uh, there isn't as much room for me, it feels like, to open up about these things without getting like, you know, some weird looks. And I'm okay with that now. Like as I'm I've grown up, I'm sort of like, whatever, I'll be the weird lady. <laughs> I have nothing to hide. So this feels like a really great way to give voice to that evolution of my relationship to this part of me. Yeah. Have you been wanting to ride your broom like you stole it, rather than hiding in the shadows? Theodora Pendragon is here to help your magic shine, whether you want to show the world your subtle sparkle, or you really want to light your fire. Visit Theodora's online store at witchcasting.shop. That's witchcasting.shop. Remember, there's never been a better time to be a witch.
Tell us what a somatic practitioner does. Yeah, yeah. So this is one of those ironic things, right? Because somatic literally means of the body. It also, soma traces back, the origin traces back to the moon. So there's that lunar feminine quality to this work that involves really experiencing versus labeling and categorizing. So I just want to put it out there that it's not lost on me that I'm explaining something that is meant to be experienced. But somatics, it's a big umbrella term. There's various forms of somatics and therapeutic modalities that help us to heal and transform and uh, really renegotiate any trauma or dysregulation in our nervous system. My training is in somatic experiencing uh, created by Dr. Peter Levine and somatic attachment therapy. But I also have a background in yoga, uh, birth work, Reiki, and holistic pelvic care. And so I work primarily with women to help heal trauma where it exists. So oftentimes we think of trauma as something that happened to us. It's an event outside of us that we have to cognitively reframe and repair through thinking and talking. And so we're overly habituated to living in our minds and processing through our minds when in reality, we can only feel our emotions through our body. Emotions exist in the body via sensations, and they want to be moved and they want to be felt through the body. And so my work really entails guiding people back into the full experience of themselves and the full arc of their potential to grow and expand by, yeah, really gaining more embodiment. Would you consider yourself a body witch? Absolutely. 1000%. (laughs) (laughs) I, I'm a body witch and I kind of always have been, you know, there were rites of passage as a woman, like, you know, my first period and, um, birth and things like that, that other people I think have a really hard time with, right? Like we're from a young age taught to see these embodied experiences that take us through the life, death, rebirth cycle. If we're open and willing to be present for them, culturally, we're, you know, conditioned to believe that they are too much, they're dirty, they're shameful, they're something to not talk about. And I always had this sense of reverence and pride for them and excitement around them. So the the night before I got my first period, I had no clue. I had no physical symptom that I was going to get it. But I told my friend, I think I'm going to, I'm going to bleed for the first time tomorrow. And sure enough, I did. And There's actually a lot of texts that point to a woman's psychic capacity waking up with her first bleed. And that was certainly my experience. So, yeah, I definitely identify as a body witch who dabbles with, like, you know, being a green witch. And, um, yeah, I really, I really love that term. (laughs) When you have a client who seeks your services, What is a typical traumatic event that happened to them and how does it affect the body 
and how do you help them heal? I know that's a loaded question. So no, I love it. I could talk about this all day. So my area of focus is women and the female nervous system and the types of traumas that we typically have to uh, experience in in this lifetime. So uh, birth trauma, sexual assault, boundary ruptures, relational trauma are my main area of focus. Um, I also center my work around the pelvic bowl a lot and the womb. So people who are struggling with pelvic floor dysfunction, pelvic pain will often be referred to me by their their pelvic floor PTs. What I'm guiding them to do is first establish a relationship with pleasure, with a feeling of safety in being in their body. So we're connecting to sensations that help the nervous system realize that we are safe. What I love about this work is it also opens up quite a psychedelic experience if we're open to it, right? Like if we're with a sensation and Theodora, you probably know what this is like when you have images or words or impulses to move a certain way, right? That come through based on what our body wanted to do in the past. So when we have high stress or trauma, our body has impulses to move, to bare our teeth, to protect itself. And when it doesn't get the opportunity to complete that, it will hold that pattern in our tissues. So it kind of stays on repeat. The impulse to protect ourselves through, let's say, like a healthy fight response, like pushing or yelling, right? If we don't get a chance to complete that, we may feel like we're angry all the time. And that's actually not something to avoid, although we tend to avoid our emotions that feel too like too big or too scary. It's something to embrace and 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 move. So oftentimes I'm guiding people back into being with sensation, relating to their experience through more somatic channels or psychedelic channels like images and uh, shapes and colors. And then also encouraging them to move the way their body wanted to in the past, but didn't get a chance to. So that's kind of a little snippet of how I'm guiding people to heal trauma and restore their capacity to, yeah, have vitality again and thrive again. Can you give us an example of a client who sought out your services and you help them through their trauma, what is that process like? So it's different for everyone, but when you said that, I had one client who really stood out to me, and I'm just going to go with it. Uh, I won't be naming this client, but she had a history of relational trauma in her childhood and sexual trauma. And most of the time didn't feel safe in her body, didn't feel safe around other human beings because her sense of self had become so wrapped up in the world isn't safe, right? And so we had to really work in establishing a safety in our connection first. 
that meant that as I'm guiding her to connect with sensations of pleasure that show her nervous system that it's safe, I am also accommodating her body's needs to feel safe in connection. So for example, moving the screen away would help her feel a little safer. There's a little more space between us. Looking away from her actually gave her a sense of I'm present with you, but there's not so much uh, pressure of, you know, what it feels like to be looked at. Because even something as small as that can trigger memories from our past. So we're really meeting the needs of her body and how it feels safe in connection first, building up a relationship to the intrinsic part of her nervous system that's already oriented to safety and regulation. And we all have this, no matter how much we've had to endure, we all have a part of us that is oriented towards safety and healing. And I'm sure you already know about this, right? Uh, in a, in a different lens, but it's always there and it might be small, but we're growing it by, by feeling that part of you in the body. And then little by little, we feel into events from the past in the body. So for example, she would tell me a little bit about what happened. And then we pause and go, can we feel what that felt like in your body? Maybe you're placing a hand on it. Maybe you are moving through those protection responses that didn't get to complete themselves so that the body can go, oh, it's not happening anymore. We have felt it and moved it. And that can't happen through talking only. We have to feel it and let it move and be digested in the way that it needed to in the past, but didn't get a chance to. And so over time, her symptoms of feeling like it wasn't safe to be in her body and in the world started to transform, and she was able to feel more of herself. So one of the protective responses our body has when we have trauma is dissociation, where there's that sense of like, I'm here, but I'm not really here. I'm, I can't feel my body. I can't feel my emotions. So little by little, she restored that capacity to feel herself and be in the world instead of dissociating and leaving to feel safe. And her relationship thrived. Her ability to have sex without pain came back. So yeah, that's that's a little uh, yeah description of my process with her, and it's such a rewarding uh, job to work with people and see them reclaim their birthright to living a beautiful life. The body always remembers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, and that memory, right? We think of memory as like I remember the details of the event with my mind. This happened, then this happened, then this happened. When actually there's this whole other kind of underworld uh, journey that the body takes us on called implicit memory. It's the way your nervous system holds on to events. When I say that trauma exists in the body, I'm referring to this implicit memory. And it is actually driving our experience of the world. So when we refer to our subconscious, our subconscious is our body. 
This is something that Carl Jung said, right? So when we talk about our underworld journey and going into the unconscious parts of us, the shadow that we're not aware of, but is driving our thoughts, our emotions, our choices, that is your body. That is your nervous system. So oftentimes people are like, they think that it's reverse, that you you have a thought and then your body has an experience when actually well before you had that thought, your body was perceiving what was around you on this unconscious level, which then drove that thought. And we have, you know, all the science to prove this, but it's also something you can just feel. And the same thing happens in cases of grief. The body always remembers the dates of the loss. You agree with me? I agree. So I've worked with clients who at the same time every year, they have symptoms reemerge because there is that implicit memory. And so we have to work with the body to almost like go into, into its cellular memory of, oh, here it comes, here it comes, it's going to happen again, to go, actually, no, what, what happened before isn't happening again. And we can re- experience this time of the year or this season or this birthday, whatever, with a sense of safety and joy. And, uh, and it's pretty wild to see how that becomes possible for people, even after decades of every time in November, I get this feeling of dread or whatever it is, right? Yeah, and then that's when the person looks on the calendar and says, now I know why I'm off. This is the anniversary date of whatever that event or that loss was. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. What's the one thing about embodiment that you wish everyone knew? Like, I just think that culturally we're so disconnected from our body and we're praised for being disconnected from it, for being hyper-intellectual, for being a person who never stops, who just goes, 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 goes and pushes themselves and bypasses these messages that are always coming through from our body that actually give us an inner compass to navigating our life that our mind cannot. So one thing that I always say is like, we talk about intuition, that is your body, right? And we're not encouraged to live from a place of intuition. Um, We're not encouraged to actually have these more psychedelic experiences that our body offers us. And I think that's partly why we see so much addiction in the world, because there's this sense of like wanting to have our, our unconscious wants to have that psychedelic experience or that psychic experience, but we don't know how anymore. I mean, I don't know anyone, anyone who was raised to know what are you feeling and where do you feel it in your body? And that's just like a simple little practice, right? Of, okay, I'm having this emotion or this thought. I wonder what's driving it in my body through sensation. The thing about embodiment too is it's something we are always experiencing, right? We are always in our body, but we tend to not be aware of that. 
And you can have all these ideas about who you are in the world. You know, I'm a Libra, I'm a mother, I'm a somatic practitioner, I'm sensitive and I'm strong, whatever. Those labels are only the tip of the iceberg of who you are. And oftentimes they limit you from actually experiencing who you are. Experiencing who you are is is what happens when you're in your body (laughs) versus just I'm up here and people have told me that I'm stubborn and so I must be stubborn, right? Like that that limits you from, from experiencing who you are and your potential to grow and heal. Let's talk about ancestral trauma. How do we heal from ancestral trauma? I always like to pause, especially with this one, to leave space for mystery and for not knowing. Because I think, again, pretending we know how to navigate our ancestral wounding uh, keeps us, it keeps us in the intellect. It keeps us in the sense of, you know, I need a prescription for the ancestral trauma and a step-by-step guide to healing it when so much of it is nonlinear and it's relational and it's, it's, it's going to happen through your body. But the traits that we see re- reoccurring in ourselves and in the other people in our family stem from what our ancestors experienced. We know this through epigenetics, right? We share our mother's nervous system in utero. And so whatever she experienced in her lineage before you directly impacts the shape of your nervous system and how your nervous system responds to stress, trauma, right? When it comes to healing kind of back in time, what we want to do is notice what are those family patterns so like for my for example in my family on my dad's side there's this running joke of like oh if you're a rotman then you've got anxiety and depression like you're going to have to go on meds cuz that's what everyone does in this family and that's it and it's it's never been funny to me it's it's always been the sense of like there's another way here there's another way of being with a healthy response to trauma. Anxiety and depression are our body's way of adapting and surviving to to what was traumatic. So anything that shows up as a family trait, looking at that and going, I don't know where exactly this comes from and I don't need to know why it's there. I actually don't need to know what happened to my ancestors. I can simply be with the experience of my anxiety as a sensation in my body and digest it and create more safety and capacity in my nervous system that my ancestors didn't have. Um, I like to work with visuals as well. So we might not know our ancestors, but actually we do, (laughs) right? On an unconscious level. And I have a closer relationship with my grandmothers now that they've passed. And so it's through connecting with my body that they showed up for me and they're kind of always there with me. And it's through having a relationship with them that I really feel like I'm I'm on this bridge and I get to take whatever trauma they endured 
And I stand on this bridge where I'm like, I get to heal both backward and forward in time um, to anyone that comes after me in my family, right? And I do that through being with sensations and and also celebrating the positive qualities that our ancestors passed down to us, right? Like it's not all trauma. There's so much joy and vitality that they passed down to us as well. We tend to know a lot about our lineage if we grew up in our birth family. Mm-hmm. Have you found that people who are adopted also have trauma from their birth family, but they don't know what that trauma is? Yeah. And I actually have a few people in my life who were adopted and that sense of belonging that comes with knowing who your family is, when that gets taken away at a young age, it can really create a lot of dysregulation and disorientation to Yeah, your sense of belonging here and your sense of groundedness and security. There's that, yeah, sense of wanting to know and really reaching for answers, I think, that can become more available when we create a sense of belonging with ourselves. And so to anyone who's been adopted that maybe doesn't know their family history, know that that, that's that lives in your body, that lives in your muscles, your fascia, your tissues, and you can connect to your lineage that way. Embodiment is the pathway back to our authenticity, our power and vitality. Can you explain the transformation of trauma when we come home to our body? One thing that really shifts when you start to process trauma where it happens, which is in your body or nervous system, is that we're not clinging to the exact details of the events that happened and how they shaped a sense of like oftentimes shame. So if you have trauma, you have shame. That's kind of inevitable. And shame functions as a protective mechanism to try and keep us safe, essentially. So if you've ever felt like, whenever I go after my dreams, whenever I go after that thing I want, the relationship, the goal, uh, whatever it is, and you feel like you keep having setbacks or it's really hard to accomplish things, oftentimes that's that shame kicking in that says you can't do it or um, it may even like cause you to feel like you can't get off the couch sometimes, right? And that's not something you're choosing. You're not choosing to self-sabotage. It's a protective mechanism based on your past because the nervous system doesn't know the difference between positive change and something that could be more negative, right? It just sees it as change. And if your relationship to change has been, you know, really impacted by trauma and stress, then it's really hard for your body to embrace even like a big, healthy change. It just feels big to your nervous system. So maybe we're chasing a goal like making more money or falling in love, and we just keep bumping up against these roadblocks. That's not you choosing. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. We just need to get back into the body and 
restore our capacity to not feel limited and shamed by these unconscious beliefs. And I think one thing too about healing through the body is that it actually includes the full arc of your lived experience. So in a very westernized culture, if you think about how we, even in medicine, approach healing, it's like if you're having pain in your shoulder, just target the shoulder with like a surgery or topical or whatever it is. When really, if we look at the full experience of that individual, there are always emotional and mental aspects of what's contributing to that pain in the shoulder, right? Outside of like, obviously, injury. When we zoom out from that more westernized approach that wants to isolate the pain or the dysregulation or the the symptom and disregard the whole person, we, we can actually create more relationship to the full arc of that person's lived experience. So I'm not just healing this one traumatic event, even when I'm feeling it in my body, I'm actually in touch with my whole self. I'm in touch with the parts of me that didn't get stuck in that traumatic event the parts of me that stayed resilient, the parts of me that stayed connected to joy and to relationship and to thriving. And those parts are only going to help me realize that I'm not my trauma. Are you available only in person or are you also available remotely? Yeah. So I actually work primarily virtually out of my home. I offer one-on-one sessions, uh, immersions and classes. So if you follow me at um, on Instagram, I'm waking womb, womb as in like a uterus, W-O-M-B. Uh, I have a lot of information and education there as well as, you know, all of my updates on what I'm offering. So um, if you follow me there, you can get access to discount codes and be, you know, the first in line to see what I'm offering. I do have a 10-week immersion that I'm running for the fourth time in January called Soma School, where you can dive into all of this and really, really learn the nitty-gritty about somatics and from the lens of what the, the female body, what a woman needs in terms of healing your nervous system. So we dive into pelvic health, pelvic embodiment, and the menstrual cycle, perimenopause, menopause, um, because those play a huge role in our ability to, yeah, thrive. And this program is mainly for self-help, or is this a program where one can learn how to help others? Yeah, it's both. So I have lots of people who work in different healing modalities, whether you're a yoga teacher or a therapist. I've had doctors join. If you're working in the realm of helping people, especially if you're helping people heal, I can't recommend uh, this program or really any program that helps you understand the somatic lens So everyone does get a certificate at the end of the training. Is there anything else you would like to share before we sign off? Uh, I think just that, you know, I'm giving you this information and this roadmap, but the, the best way to really learn about this is through your own body. 
And I'm much more curious about that than I am, you know, any kind of prescription or information about how to relate to your body, even if it's coming from me. So just remember that that you can only be in that experience and you have all the choice and all the power to do that in your own way. Um, and yeah, this was really fun, Theodora. Thank you so much. Thank you, Veronica, the body witch, <laughs> the somatic practitioner. This has been very educational. And now we know that this is a thing, a body witch. It's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Theodora. Thank you for joining us for Witch Casting with Theodora Pendragon. Have a burning question or have a topic you'd love Theodora and her guests to discuss on the show? Contact her through Instagram at Theodora Pendragon. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And help us spread the word by leaving us a rating and review and sharing it with your friends. See you next time and may your magic always shine. <laughs>